This sicha is titled Ekev Chof Menachemov. That is a sicha connected both to Pashas Ekev and to the yardsite of the Rebbe's father, Ablevi Yitzchok. The Rebbe starts off the sicha by saying that in regards to the reason for the smichos, for the connection of Shaviras Haluchos, that the breaking of the Luchos says in the parsha just near the passing of Aaron in this week's parsha, the Razal tell us that Koshem Misos and Shot Tzadikim, that the passing of a Tzadik is difficult in front of Hashem, like the breaking of the Luchos. Now, when Toiras Emes compares two things, this is clearly a true and all-encompassing comparison. That is, that the comparison between the passing of tzaddikim and the breaking of the luchos is not only that they are both difficult for Hashem, and not only that there's a similar difficulty in both of them, but rather that they are similar to each other also in their content, what they're all about. And in fact, that's the reason why we connect them, and the fact that they're going to be a similar difficulty is a result is that L'Chathchila, both of these things, have a certain common theme. And since these things are similar to each other, it's understood that all the details in them that we'll find in one will be found in the other. The details that we'll find in the breaking of the Luchos will have to find something similar also in the passing of a tzaddik. So the Rebbe asks, what is that common theme between the breaking of the Luchos and the passing of tzaddikim? in general, and also what is the comparison in the details. Now, even though the breaking of the Luchos is definitely a tzara, it's def- definitely a troublesome thing and a painful thing and difficult for Hashem, however, we find that there is something positive, a certain quality and a positive thing about it as well. The proof for this is that when Yidin would go out to war, the aroin in which the broken pieces of the Luchos were would go out with them. Now, seemingly, that seems strange, because it's the, the shivrei luchos, these broken pieces of the luchos, are a reminder of the sins of the Yidden. And not only any sin, but the sin of the Egel, regarding which it says, that Hashem says that every time I'm going to punish the Yidden, there's always a bit of the Cheta Egel being punished for that as well. How then could it make sense that while Yidin are going out to war, a time when they need extra limutzchus, an extra hisoyder to sirachamim through mitzvahs and good deeds, just like it says, when we go out to war, we are told specifically that we need to be in an extra holy way. How does it then make sense to take along the shivrei luchos, the broken parts of the luchos, which seemingly are just reminding of the cheta egel? That itself tells us that specifically the Shivrei Luchos have some sort of limutzchus on the Yidin going out to war. It has a positive. And not only that, but it's a very great schus because these people that went out to war were tzaddikim. These were people that only had mitzvahs and maizim toivim. In fact, someone that had averos so was afraid because of the averos that he had was told to go back home so as not to melt the hearts of everybody else. And nevertheless, despite the fact that they are already tzaddikim, such great people going out to war, we say that's not enough, and they also need to have this extra schus with them of the shivrei luchas going out with them to war. Similarly, we'll also say about the passing of tzaddikim, that it too, just like the shivrei luchas, we must say, has some great quality to it. 
In a similar way, we'll say regarding the passing of Tzadikim, that there has to be also some great Maila associated with it, just like the Shivri Luchis. The Rebbe says that in fact, in the very words, Kasha Misosin Shot Tzadikim Lofnea Kodesh Baruch that the passing of a Tzadik is difficult for Hashem, like the breaking of the Luchis, in these very words is hinted that there's something very positive going on, because this expression, Kasha Lofnea Kodesh Baruch that something is difficult. In front of Hashem, we find in regards to the things that are considered the very best things. We find this expression, for example, by Kriyas Yamsuf, that it's difficult. Like, we use an expression similar to Kriyas Yamsuf, which Kriyas Yamsuf is one of the greatest miracles and one of those positive and great things that ever happened. So we need to understand what exactly is the Mila in the passing of Tzadikim and the breaking of the Luchois, where seemingly these things are completely negative things. So the Rebbe goes on to explain. In regards to the first set of luchos, the Pesach tells us that the luchos were made by Hashem Himself. And the writing of the luchos, the script on the luchos was written by Hashem, engraved by Hashem. That is, the luchos had two things about them, two qualities. Number one, the luchos on their own, that is the handiwork of Hashem. And then there is the special quality that comes because of the writing that's engraved on them, the writing of Hashem. Now, even though the luchos on their own are already so great, nevertheless, the Chazal tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu, this is by the Chaito Egel, Moshe is coming down from the mountain, Moshe Rabbeinu looks at the luchos and he sees that the Ksav, the writing on the luchos, flew off the luchos. And he said... How could I give the Yidin the Luchos She'ein Bohem Mamash? They don't have any substance. Rather, I'll take hold of them and I'll break them. So the Rebbe says, seemingly, it's not understood a number of things. Number one, even once the Ksav, once the writing left the Luchos, they also have a tremendous smile. These are the handiwork of Hashem. How could Moshe Rabbeinu say they have no substance? Also, even if they have no substance, that might be a reason why not to give them to the Yidden. Maybe he should bury them, put them in Shemus or the like. But why would he go ahead and break them? This seems to be a disgrace. And number three, what's this expression, let me take hold of them and break them? Obviously he's holding them, so what does it mean taking hold of them? What exactly is he achieving over here? Especially that in this interpretation, it doesn't even say that he took them from anyone as in some of the other interpretations that he took them from the Skanim and so on and so forth. So what does he mean? Let me take hold of them. So the Rebbe explains this by first giving an example to another concept. Just briefly first, the idea being is the Rebbe is going to show us in the Dinim of Tumor of what is considered a Kali and how in certain instances when something was intended for a certain purpose of a certain use, once it loses that purpose, so then the, the whole benefit or the purpose of that vessel no longer exists and therefore that particular vessel loses its quality loses its status the Rebbe explains it in the following way we know that when we take a raw material even if it is something very very precious very expensive nevertheless it's still not important enough to be able to be makabal tumor to be able to accept tumor rather it needs to be made into a vessel the vessel needs to be complete in an absolute way as the, whole, uh, as the one who made this vessel, what he intended it for, what the purpose of it was for. 
only after this keli, this vessel is complete, and now it could become Tomei, and let's say it did become Tomei, now some of that keli, some of that vessel was downgraded, some of it is missing, so now it's no longer the same precious keli as it was before, and even though it is a Yerida, it is a descent from the state it was before, Nevertheless, in the meantime, it could still be Makabal Tumor. As long as, again, it was a whole Kali, it lost some of its quality. However, once it breaks from its main function, for example, if it was intended for liquids to contain liquids, and now the liquids are leaking out of it, now it's no longer considered that vessel anymore. Now this is considered that it was now fixed from its Tumor in this particular case. In other words, what we see from this whole idea is that something that was intended for a particular purpose, if we don't have that final purpose, then the whole keli, that whole vessel, is not really what it was intended for, and it doesn't have that status of that keli anymore. Just to clarify, I think what the Rebbe is saying over here, and this will be even more understood later in the Sikha, is the idea being is that once the Lucha is lost, the oisius of the luchos, these letters, the words that Hashem engraved in them, then yes, even though technically it's still the stones that Hashem made, but since it doesn't have the whole purpose and goal that it was there for, then it lost so much of that quality. Now, when we're comparing items to Tumba, the Rebbe is just clarifying. The Rebbe says, the truth is when we're speaking about the luchos, it's not an absolute complete comparison. The luchos themselves, of course, were made of stone. In the case of stone, even when something is a complete vessel, it also does not receive tumor. Furthermore, we know a halacha, the Gemara discusses meat that comes down from heaven, that comes down from the sky, is considered tohoir. That means things coming down from heaven, bachlau, are not considered tome. Especially in our case, lucha is made by Hashem. So the comparison that we were saying before is not an absolute exact comparison, because in this case we're speaking about things that would never have received tumor anyways. But the general idea is that sometimes when we speak about something very, very holy and something very great, so in comparison to, even if it's holy and great right now, but in comparison to a greater holiness that it could have achieved, it's now not considered as holy. And the Rebbe gives the following example. The Rebbe gives an example from a Mishnah that tells us that big day koidesh medris lechatos, which means to say that the clothes of someone that purified himself to be able to eat a carbon for koidesh. So seemingly, these are clothes that are definitely 100% toher. Nevertheless, in comparison to someone that would be wanting to deal with the paraduma, so these clothes, which were purified, but for a lesser class of holiness, so now these clothes are still considered tome to a certain degree, and it wouldn't be fitting for some of the ones to deal with the carbon chatos. And therefore, a similar idea is what we're applying over here, that we're speaking about, yes, it may be holy, but it went down a level compared to what it could have been. So, again, this is what the Rebbe is saying, that these luchas, yes, they're very holy because they're the handiwork of Hashem, but nevertheless, it lost so much of its importance, and what it's really meant to have, because it doesn't have those words anymore. And the Rebbe then goes ahead and explains why Moshe Rabbeinu needed to hold on to them, why that expression is used. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was given the Luchos, but it was in order to put them into the Oroin. In other words, it was for the sake of the Tzibur, of the community. 
And therefore, in order for it to be considered his, so that he has the right to go ahead and break it and so on, he first takes hold of it. He's being at Koina, I guess is the idea. He's taking it for himself. And now it's his completely. To explain this a little bit deeper, or in a little bit of a different style, on a deeper level, the Rebbe explains it in the following way. Since the writing of Hashem was engraved on the Luchos, what is the idea of engraving? That means it's not like something additional written on the stone, as is the case with ink on parchment. Rather, the writing of Hashem was part of the Luchos themselves, it's engraved as part of the Luchos. It's understood that when these words were now engraved onto the Luchos, it now brought up the Luchos to a level that they are now one with those words of the Aseris Hadibros that Hashem engraved. That means that now these words became the whole essence of what the stone is about. What are these Luchos? It's those holy words that are engraved on the Luchos. And therefore, the moment these words leave the Luchos, the moment these letters leave the Luchos, even though, yes, it still has the quality that it's the handiwork of Hashem, but now we call it Ein Ba'amamash, it's missing its whole substance. It could be broken, it should be broken, meaning it doesn't have anymore what it's really all about. Since, again, since the letters became so one with them that it became their whole essence, and now those words and letters from Hashem have flown off them. Furthermore, the Rebbe says, when we say that the letters disappeared and left the Luchos, simply we cannot mean that the actual letters, the very physical letters, left the Luchos. Because number one, the Rebbe says, then you wouldn't say the Luchos don't have any substance. You would say the Luchos don't have anything at all. But furthermore, since we just said the writing is part of the Luchos, it was engraved, so as long as the stone is complete before it's broken, then of course the words inside of them are also complete. So rather what we mean is that the Holy Spirit, the Divine Spirit of these letters, the Neshama of these letters, of each and every one of these letters, that's what disappeared. If that's the case, it's understood that the real idea of the Luchos is not the actual physical writing itself or letters themselves, but it's mainly about the spirit inside of them. And therefore, once the spirit left, the neshama of those words left, even though the physical words are there, we call it Ein Bohem Mamish, there's no substance there anymore. Says the Rebbe, similar to these two ideas of Kedusha that were in the first set of Luchos, number one, that it's made by Hashem, the Luchos themselves. Number two, the writing of Hashem that was engraved in the Luchos, we find in a similar, a similar idea regarding each and every Yid that's made up of a Guf and a Neshama. The body of the Yid is similar to the Luchos themselves, which are made by Hashem. So too, the body of the Yid has an amazing, amazing, great Kedusha. And then there's the Neshama of the Yid that's placed inside of him. This is similar to the writing of Hashem that's engraved on the Luchos. And furthermore, in the Neshama itself, you also have... Levels upon levels, one inside the other. We often speak in a general terms. We say there's the neshama and the neshama of the neshama. And again, this is all similar to the idea of the writing of Hashem that's in the Luchos. And just like by the Luchos, that although seemingly these stones would be so important on their own, even without the writing of Hashem inside of them, because these stones existed even before the Aseris Hadibris were engraved on them. And nevertheless, we say, that once the Aseris Hadibris were engraved, now they were elevated to such a great level that their whole entity is only about the writing of Hashem on it. 
to the extent that once the writing leaves, we consider it as if it has no substance, and therefore now these luchish are broken, they lost their whole importance. In a similar way regarding the Yiddish guf, that even though it's true that the guf is not created by the neshama, the guf comes from the seed of the father and the mother. Furthermore, the guf exists even before the time the neshama is placed inside the guf. Nevertheless, once the neshama became part of the guf, so the way it comes into the guf is that not that the neshama remains something separate to the guf, rather the neshama becomes the whole essence of the body. And as the Alter Rebbe teaches us in Tanya, that the life of a tzaddik is not his physical life, but rather his spiritual life, his emuno, his yiro, his avo. Says the Rebbe, this then is the comparison between the passing of tzaddikim and the breaking of the luchos, because in both cases, the body is now different because of the neshama that was put inside of it, or the luchos are different because of the writing of Hashem that was put inside of it. Now this became its new reality. Says the Rebbe, based on this, we can now understand about the great idea of the shivrei luchos, of the broken parts of the luchos, and that they came out to war with the Yidin. As said before, the people that went out to the war would go out with the Orin that had the broken pieces of the luchos. What's the idea of the Yidin fighting a war? We're speaking about Yidin that on their own, they're on a very, very great level. They're called Derdea, a very, very knowledgeable, intelligent generation. They cross over the yard and they go to conquer the land of the Goyim, the land of Canaan, to make it into an Eretz Yisrael, a land. That Hashem's eyes are upon the land from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And as long as it wasn't conquered completely, we call this a Melchemes Mitzvah. This is a Melchemes to go and conquer the place of the Goyim, to make it a place for Hashem. Says the Rebbe, the Hisoyrus, the Koyach, to this comes from the Shivrei Luchis, from the broken parts of the Luchis. What's the message? That just like the Luchis, that although on their own they were very great, they were made by Hashem, and yet they went up to even a higher level, now that they became have the writing of Hashem inside of it, to the extent that if that writing is no, not, no longer there, we say that now it doesn't have any substance anymore. That's how much they were elevated when the writing of Hashem was put on it. That this became their whole mitzvah. This gives the right attitude to those people going out to war. That it's never enough all of their previous qualities that they had. That they were tzaddikim until now, etc. But rather they have the mitzvah and they have the obligation to take all of their koiches, take all of their energies and to go ahead and to conquer. To conquer the whole Eretz Yisrael as the Rambam puts it that's, that's discussed in the Torah. Which of course also includes the idea that Moshe Rabbeinu was commanded from Hashem to go and get all the Goyim to do their Shevim Mitzvahs B'nai Noyach because Hashem gave it in the Torah. In other words, to take the whole world and all the Goyim, taking everything and making a place for Hashem. And therefore says the Rebbe, this is the Eirah to each and every person and his Avoidah. A person can never suffice with all his Avoidahs Hashem that he did till now, even if he's already, already on the level of a Tzaddik. It's a mitzvah and an obligation to him to go up to even a higher and a greater level. In other words, just to summarize the point that Ebbe is saying is that just like the guf of the Yid became so holy now because it has the neshama, even though it was holy already before, just like the luchas became so holy because it now has the letters that Hashem put inside of it, this is the message to the Yid and going to Eretz Yisrael, as great and holy you are, you have something even more important now to make a place for Hashem, and so to each and every one of us, in our avoider, we always need to continuously grow. Says the Rebbe, this Torah is specifically connected also with the idea in a simple sense of what the passing of a tzaddik is all about. 
Razal tell us that tzaddikim don't have any rest, neither in this world nor in Olam Abba's. It says, constantly going from strength to strength. That means they're always going up, going higher in their avoid to Hashem. And even though this is true all year round, that that they never have any rest, on the day of the yard side, there's even a greater aliyah. What's the idea? The Rebbe explains, it's explained in a number of places, that in order to go up to a higher level that's completely incomparable to the previous level, there first needs to be what's called the bitul, the nullification of the previous level. And only then could you reach to something that was a completely new stage. To use the expression of the Alter Rebbe in Tanya, he brings over there that it says, Sheva Yipoel Tzadik, a Tzadik falls seven times. That is, between going up to one level to the next level, which is very, very far in between the two levels. So this is considered a nefila. He sort of left his previous level. And he's no, no longer yet on the, he's not, he's not yet on the higher level. So the Rebbe says the same idea is with Misos and Shal Tzadik and the passing of a tzadik. The whole idea of Misa means nullifying the previous existence. But this is all a preparation to go up to even a much higher level, going from Olam Hazeh. To Ganeiden, which is an aliyah, which is an elevation completely in a way of Shaloi Berach, not comparable to each other. And therefore, every single year on the yard site, when that which happened the first time is reawakened, there's again an additional aliyah that the Neshama has, an aliyah Shaloi Berach to the previous aliyahs. And even though we just said this is true every day, but again, on the day of the yard site, it's on a whole new level. Says the Rebbe from the fact that the Chazal tells us Sadikim even in Olam in Ganeiden, and seemingly you might say, well, that's relevant for Ganeiden. Why do we have to know about it? That tells us that when the Sadikim have Galius in Ganeiden, it's relevant to our Avoid here as well. That is because when the Tzaddik is going higher and higher, that helps all of those that are connected to him, those that learn his Torah and so on, in their Avoid to go Michael El This is specifically true on the day of the yard site. When the elevation, as we said before, is in a much greater way. Says the Rebbe, according to all of this, we understand that there's a special mila, a special advantage in regards to the istalkos that's connected to being in Golos, to being in exile, as is the case of, the Rebbe says, of his father, the Baal Ha'ilula, the Rebbe's father's yard site, which was on Chafov, as we said before, that he passed away in Golos. And the explanation is, it says in the Sefer Achinuch that the pain of Golos is very similar, it's almost equal to the pain of death. Because a person is separating from all of his beloved ones and from his birthplace, and he's always living with, living with foreigners. An additional idea in the Tsar of Golos that you don't have in the Tsar of death is that it's for a prolonged and extended period of time. And therefore the Torah and Mitzvah that's done in Golos, despite all of the pain associated with it, is in a much greater, greater way. Similar to what the Gemara says, that if Hanani, Mishal, and Azariah would have gotten whipped, rather than being um, threatened to be killed, where Chas V'Shalom, what they would have done. Even though, yes, they were ready to be thrown into a fiery furnace. Here we could see how great it is, the Mesiras Nefesh, that comes along with the suffering of Golos. Says the Rebbe, the same from this we understand also in regards to the Aliyah. That will come after this. Since we say Lefum according to the pain is the reward. So the Aliyah, that the reward that comes after such great pain and such a great descent, is going to be even in a much greater way than the ordinary way of Misos and Shol Tzadikim of the passing of a Tzadik. And also, says the Rebbe, just like we said before, in regards to the help, the Nesinas Koyach, that's being given to all of those that are connected to that tzaddik, 
as the Razal say that Bosoresha following the head, the body follows the head, that even though they are in, in many, many different, various different places, but especially through learning his Torah, which through to- learning Torah we become united in the most greatest and amazing way, as the Altrebe explains. So when we learn his Torah, we too are being elevated along with him. And so too generally through the Avodah, that by the Avodah of going Mechayel El generally in, our, in Golos, when we go from strength to strength, as a Neshama is in a Guf, and furthermore in Golos, number one, as a result of Chet Eitz the Adam and Chava were right away already some sort of Golos, chased out of Gan Eden. Then there's a further Golos when we're chased out of Eretz Yisroel. And within this Golos itself, going from one place to another, and then there is also, even within Golas, there's weekdays compared to Shabbos. All of this is a preparation to the Avoida and the highest level going higher than all sorts of elevations. The Avoida of Yema Shabbos, the day of ultimate tranquility and peace. The time that's called Shona Ashvi is Shabbos Lashem, the seventh millennium. That's Yom Shekulei Shabbos, Umenucha Lachayeho Elamim.